I'm not just saying this because you dudes are here. Dude, y'all have a great podcast here. This thing's going to take, it's going to continue to take off. Hi, this is Sean Clinch, the host of Stories Inside the Man Cave, and I want to offer a big thank you to each and every one of you who continue to download our podcast. We are celebrating our one-year anniversary, and we have some big plans on the horizon, and we would love for you to be a part of it as a sponsor of Stories Inside the Man Cave. We would love for your business or product to become a sponsor of Stories Inside the Man Cave. There are three sponsorship tier groups you can select from. For more information on that, give us a tweet, a private message to at Stories Man Cave, or if you have a nonprofit charitable organization, send me that as well to at Stories Man Cave. As for the next episode, let's ride. Wake your ass up or take a damn nap. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. It's time. I mean, Sean, you were twerking. That's going to happen. <laughs> Murph, don't be a dick all your life. This is uh, one, of the, one of the more fun podcasts I've ever done. Hey, I'll tell you what. If you're not talking about sports in the man cave, you... No, nah, I bet not. So you're not a man. That's it. <laughs> Hey, how could we start episode 67 any other way than with Peaches and Herb? It's reunited, reunion time. Coach Mo, we got a tribute to you. I know oh. over two months. We missed you. We loved you. And it's also the first episode for Big Mike with a new title, Dad. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And Coach Mo. No sleep, but I'm doing well. <laughs> yeah. Love it. I love Man, it. it's all. And in just case you just, just your first episode, uh, Big Mike's child, his son, the acronym AWSM for his name. Awesome. Fitting for Big Mike's son. And, you know, everybody's here. Hardball Harge. And let's get to it. And before we introduce a legend, uh, hit us up on all social media platforms at Stories Man Cave on Twitter. We now have a Facebook page and, of course, our Instagram profile now introducing now he has joined us from it looks like a locker room of a clubhouse of a golf course in san antonio the brooks kishnick retired jersey number you'll see it if you're ever at the dish brooks slow clap for the legend yeah, slow for, clap the for the legend, legend. <laughs> hard slow clap wearing that last stand hat 23 in my mind that 23 represents brooks not michael jordan is that is that overkill brooks that's a little overkill, man. George is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of guys, and uh, and then before we begin, begin this roundtable, just a quick bio. Uh, if people are not familiar with college baseball, the Dick Hauser Award is like the Heisman Trophy of college baseball. You won it twice. You were there at Texas, 91, 92, 93, College World Series twice. You, you were the utility guy, pitched, hit. You probably played every position on the field. Tenth overall pick in the Major League Baseball draft, and you played about a decade or so in the, in the bigs. And for everyone to see who Brooks really is, check out our Twitter site, at Stories Man Cave. There's a collage of pictures. 
you will see of him playing every role in life. And I guess your favorite one would be dad, right? Oh, absolutely. There's nothing better than being a dad. I'll tell you that right now. So Mike, get ready, buddy. You're going to enjoy it and uh, enjoy as much as you can, buddy, because it goes by fast. My kids are about to be 17 and 15. So man, enjoy those dirty diapers and just take it all in, buddy. Indeed. <laughs> but everybody, everybody keeps telling me the days go fast and the years go slow, but I was already going to say, man, we've already got him lined up. We've got you know, pitching lessons by you, maybe some hitting lessons. I mean, we got hardball hards. I'm not trying to look at Hard's face. He got so mad right now. He's like, I what did. Do you I wanted to punch you in the face. I thought, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I thought he was going to be his baseball coach. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, nah, but that's, that's good, good stuff. stuff. And just so y'all know, me and Brooks were actually coming to the University of Texas at the same time. Wow. I, I unfortunately got drafted out of high school early, and I wish I would have went to Texas because then I would have played with the great Brooks Kieschnick because we had a great recruiting class that year. And uh, Coach Gus and, and his son Darren told me, are you going to sign that contract? And if you are, you need to hurry up and get the hell out of town because I don't want you coming around. I do. My one regret is not playing at the University of Texas because I would have got a chance to play with Brooks, Calvin Murray, Scotty Pugh, and all those guys that were there during that time. Tim Harkrider. We had an unbelievable recruiting class that year. Actually, Reed Ryan was yep. part of our recruiting class as well. So, me and Brooks go way, way, way back, and and uh, I'm I'm proud that he is a Longhorn legend for sure. Long well, but I'd love to play with you too, buddy. That would have been a lot of fun for sure. Coach Gus, we did have some fun. Us a lot though. <laughs> <laughs> now, Brooks, you had you're the pride of Corpus Christi Carroll High School. Forty three bombs while you were at Texas. Um, those were, of course, during the Black Magic true aluminum bat days. I don't think if it was, you could have hit those, you could have had a wooden bat. And I think that power would have still been at the plate. It still was. And that, when you look at those black magic days compared to this BB core now, do you think that would have changed the difference? I mean, would have been a difference for your era of Longhorns? Man, you know, I, I don't know. I think we, we, uh, we held our own pretty well. Um, I don't think, you know, Yes, bombs are great and everything, but we we did it all, man. We hit, we pitched, we we fielded, we ran the bases. Uh, so it takes more than just hitting bombs, as you're seeing a lot of these teams now that are they're teaching all these kids launch angle and exit velocity and hey, let me see how hard you can throw, man. Teach them how to pitch, teach them how to hit, teach them how to field. You know, get get a runner over, get a runner in, you know, and and play situational baseball instead of, you know, I, I know everybody digs the long ball and if it comes great, but man, you know, with these 200 averages hitting 25 bombs, I mean. Man, I'd have played for a long time to let me do that. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Back when we were playing, you hit 200. You you tried to find another job. I remember Adam, Adam Dunn told me Adam Dunn told me we were playing in a, a celebrity softball game, you know, one of the Reckless Kelly celebrity softball uh, jams in Round Rock. He came in and played one year, and he goes, Keish, man, he goes, it's great. All I got to do is have 40 good swings a year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. And I know that, you know, we've, we've talked about the things that have happened throughout the years and the change and Sean brought it up, the new, the bats, the BB cores and the, the black magic Easton's. I saw some green new Easton's are back in the game. Now you have a son that is coming up through the ranks that is playing a little baseball too. So tell us a little bit about your son and, and what are his prospects of going to college? And I know he better be a longhorn. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, he, he would love to go there. I'd love for him to go there. Um, it, it's a process, man. You know, um, he's running into the thing I ran into. I didn't have a position. You know, he doesn't pitch, so he didn't have a position right now. So he's, he's, but he's working his butt off, man. He is. He's a kid that he's going to have to outwork. I told him, you know, nobody can uh, do better than you. All you got to do is outwork him. I mean, and, and with a name, you got you got to work twice as hard as everybody else. So uh, that's what he's been doing, and, and he's actually been doing really well in football too. And I think football might be might be his ticket. So he, he he's a big kid. He's already six four, about two twenty, and uh, at sixteen years old. So he, he's a big kid and uh, getting stronger and every day, and just and just learning more about learning more about the game and learn learn a little about about adversity and everything. So it, it, it's it's really good for him right now. Boy, could you imagine Keish out in left field every every home game? Holy shit. It'd be a party. <laughs> oh, a little bit. I mean, it already is. So, yeah, it would be a little bit rowdier, I would assume. <laughs> so, let me ask you this, Keish. Um, you looked at the University of Texas. The baseball team is playing unbelievable right now. Uh, they got some – older players that are, are contributing, but they also have a lot of these young guys that are really, really stepping it up. And it looks like they're trending in the right direction, obviously ranked number four in the nation right now, but it doesn't really matter what your rankings are until the end of the season. And, you know, Omaha is a must when you come to the University of Texas. Um, what are your thoughts on the team and what do you think of that pitching staff thus far? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. You've got to have a mixture of, of young guys and old guys and, and guys in between. You can't just have a, a staff full of, uh, you know, juniors and seniors or, or you can't play all freshmen either. So uh, when you have a mixture like that, you know, people push each other. You know, you have the young guys pushing the older guys. And then you have the young guys wanting to, you know, play well to get in there and, and keep their spot. So I think that uh, Coach Pierce is doing a great job of mixing them in and, and, and mixing it up and getting, getting guys playing time when they need it and get them in the game on the mound when they need it as well. So I think it's a, a good mixture. And I think you're right. They are definitely trending towards the right way. And, and, and you watch them kind of get better every time out. And it's hard to get better than fourth in the nation, but there is three more spots. And, and like you said, that you're only the only way to uh, really have a good season at the university of Texas is to win your last game. So Brooks, other than that school here in Austin, what other schools were you looking at to go to out of high school? So I verbally committed to Mississippi State. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was between Mississippi State and LSU. And uh, I, I could have gone to some other Southwest Commerce schools, but they, they weren't really in the mix. I wasn't going to go to uh, wherever that place that they had the chicken. I wasn't going there. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Brooks, did you commit to Mississippi State with uh, Todd Ritchie when Todd Ritchie was uh, yep, supposed to go there? Yeah, too? Todd Ritchie and yep. – um, oh, gosh uh, – Steve Gibraltar. Gibraltar, okay. All three of us verbally committed there, and I think those two signed out of high school, and I decommitted. And well, I never signed anything, but I decommitted and went to Texas. So right. yeah, it was. And Ron Polk, what what a just true true professional and an amazing guy that guy is. I mean, he I got letters for the next ten years, even though I never went there. He he was just a really special person, or is a special person. No doubt. Oh, well, hey, Brooks, you know, Coach Mo, he alluded to, I mean, you mentioned uh, that other school with the chicken in College Station. Uh, and Coach Mo was a running back at Texas A&M. And so that's what he's our uh, in-house Aggie. We all need one of them. Uh, so, the but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I will tell you, hey, Mo, I will tell you this, Mo. 
they didn't they only offered me like a thousand dollar scholarship so that's one of the reasons why i didn't oh, consider you going there yeah, yeah. so There's coach johnson told me that summer he's like i'm sorry i'm like well i'll see you in the spring <laughs> right. yeah that's i told crazy. him last episode that that i, I took a bunch of trips to AM and and it was like, man, I, I, I just couldn't get myself to wear that maroon. Colleen, Colleen High School were the kangaroos. I hated them. And then I got to a and and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can wear this damn maroon. I got the room. I'd rather have all day. <laughs> that, I mean, you know, they're just trying to hand you goats. They're like, you're like, what do I need this goat for? They're like, listen, just put on your boots, roll your, ro- put your jeans inside your boots. And then you, you'll figure it out. Nobody needs that. We ain't trying to know. No <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brooks, what, speaking of a and I mean, come on. We all miss this rivalry. I know Texas and A&M play in the midweek games. And, you know, A&M got the, the recent one. I, you know, it was a pitcher's duel. But I recall vividly it was either 92 or 93. I don't – was it Kelly Wunsch? I think he beamed you, or who was it? Yeah. You were on the way to first. I thought you were about to go WWE on him. Well, so I get the first, and I knew, I knew he'd hit me on purpose. I already hit two doubles, super two with two doubles off of him already. So he, he, he wasn't getting me out that day. And uh, and I've talked to him about it since then, face-to-face, numerous times. He still denies hitting me on purpose, but I know he did. There's not a doubt in my mind. When, what I'm on first base, when I'm on first base, he started winking at me, and I, I, I lost it. I was about to go kill him. I literally was going to kill him. And uh, Coach Harmon held me back and said, if you get kicked out of here, you get kicked out of the next game too. So I I told him I'd see him after the game. <laughs> behind, behind the locker room. That's right. I'm catch your ass. So what is it? So he still denies it? Like, is he still intimidated by you or what? He still denies it. He's still a goofy left-hander. You know those guys, man. God, dang. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love it. I but love you it. you hit from the left side of the plate, right? That's, Correct. Yeah. But you throw right. Uh, are you ambidextrous? Ambidextrous. Brooks is ambidextrous. He ain't no goofy. I'm amphibious, He's- yep. He's amphibious. Him and fucking Aquaman are just running around the bases like nothing. I do have a question about your swing. Do you do you hit a golf ball? Or do you hit it right handed? I hit a golf ball left handed, kick left footed, throw right handed, bat left handed. Damn, I'm all messed up. <laughs> that's why you're so intelligent. You got both sides of your mind working. Oh, I, that's what they say. Yeah. I don't know about intelligent part, but yeah. <laughs> Smart enough. Smart that's enough. right. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. That's, that's right. exactly right. Exactly. So Been doing talking- that for the last three years, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought it up just a second ago about the rivalries and, and how you know intense those rivalries were and continue to be. What what do you think it's going to take for Texas and Texas A&M to play on the football field? They play it in other sports. I mean, there's no denying it in other sports. <laughs> so, what about so here's the deal. I, it, it, that's a great question. And my deal is they're just going to have to just buck up and do it. It's going to, have to be on both sides. And everybody, you know, one side says they want to do it. The other side says they want to do it too. Then why aren't they doing it? I mean, it's a deal where it's good for college football, period. Uh, period in the story. I think I should. I think should go back to playing on on uh, Thanksgiving Day. There was nothing better than my, you know, growing up and then all through my college and then you know I guess probably even ten years after that it was, you knew what Thanksgiving was. You're watching Texas versus Texas A&M. 
I think we need to go back to that no matter what they have to do to make it happen. I, I know it'll be a non-conference game late in the season, but who cares? I mean, I mean, it is good for college football. It is good for the state of Texas. It's good for recruiting on both sides. I, I think they need to go back to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Brooks, I do got a question. Who was the – when you made it to the big leagues, who was the pitcher that you hate seeing the most? Man, so – Obviously, you know, looking at my average, a lot of them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it wasn't – everybody always thinks it was the hard throwers. The hard throwers I didn't have a problem with. You know, I never met a fastball I didn't like. It was the ones that could spin it up there and change speeds quite a bit that I, that I had a problem with. But um, there was nobody I was really, you know, afraid of facing. Um, just, you know, you just – they know how to pitch up there, man. I mean, you're not yeah, going to get yeah. many cookies, and if you get your cookie and you foul it off, you're pretty much done for that at bat. Yeah, they don't yeah. make mistakes. They're they're not many. You might get one pitch every at bat to hit, and if you don't hit it, whether you take it or swing and miss or swing and foul it off, you you you, you got a battle. And uh, so there was not just one guy. I'm like, oh my god, here he comes. You know, I'm, I'm worn out. You know, but it was just a, it's a grind, man. It, it's a it's a it's a deal where you got to learn how to play up there too. And that's, that's one thing that I, I was really, you know, not upset with, but I, I have a little bit of regret that I wanted to get five at bat, 500 at bats in one season to see what I could do. You know, just cause I go two for 22, everybody slumps. Let me, let me, let me swing out of my slump. Let me keep playing. But every time you, you know, I went into slump, I got sent down and they brought somebody else up. So. Right. That's the difference between like Mike was saying, you hit 200, you're getting, you're, you're looking for another job. And we, you know, you get sent out to AAA. The, this day and age, you know, people are hitting 200. They let, they're letting the rookies and the, and especially the, the high round draft picks, they're letting them learn how to play up there. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's also like the, the, I guess, organization you kind of go into as well. Correct. And speaking of that, let me piggyback that with uh, what was your favorite city to visit? I mean, I know you're a Texas boy. You love San Antonio. But uh, what was your favorite city to visit? Wow. Um, you know, Houston was always fun to go to. Houston was it, it, great ballpark. Shut up, Great bro. atmosphere. Gross. Um, Get out of here. But I loved my, my favorite city to play for was Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a sleeper town, man. I don't know if people know really? that. Really? Milwaukee's a lot of fun, man. Um, cool. As far as visiting, golly, I mean, all big league towns are pretty damn good, dude. I mean, they're all good. You're all in five-star <laughs> hotels. Uh, the food's good. I mean, just you can always find something to do. Hey, do you feel like you were born in the wrong era of baseball? Because now you're looking at these contracts. And to your point of what you said, Adam Dunn told you, I only have to have 40 good swings and – and he made a crap load of money doing just that. And then you look at some of these guys now and these contracts that are out there. I mean, I love Francisco Lindor, but I mean, can somebody else get that money too? You know, because good night. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. I mean, <laughs> there's it's, a lot of talent out there. It's monopoly money they're throwing around at some of these guys. I mean, it's like, is this for real? I mean, but no. It, so to, to to your point, to, to your question right there. Yes, I think I played in the wrong era, but I would have liked to play back in the '70s and the '80s era. That's where I would like to play when it was when it was hardball, not all this yeah. analytics bullshit and stuff like that. I want I want to go play baseball. I want to go play to win. I want to go play. Yeah, you're gonna get paid what you get paid, but right now, I mean, I think a lot of these guys up there are pampered a little bit too. I mean, you get a hang now and you're out for two weeks. 
Yeah. So that, that kind of just, you know, I know they got a lot of money invested in them and stuff like that, but man, let's play the game, man. I'd have to be in crutches or in a wheelchair for not to, not to want to play, you know, every day. Yeah. Yeah. So you're welcome. Thank you. Now, Brooks, you, uh, you talk about that hardball error era. The, uh, I mean, it, it, that probably ended possibly 98, 97, that around that time frame. Now, Coach Gus, that's all he coached. I mean, obviously, some small ball was part of that, and it, it was successful. Now, everybody we've had on that talked about Coach Gus from Zeke, Ty, you go down the list. We hear about the peanut butter. We hear about, you know, we, you remember the traditional hands in the pocket on the third baseline or the third base coaching box. What are some of your uh, fond memories of Coach Gus and who, by the way, Ironically, I reached out. His family said that he's been vaccinated, had no reaction, and he just coached Gus healthy. I mean, it's what are some stories about him? And when's the last time you spoke to Coach? I, I spoke to Coach Gus on his birthday. I sent him a video, and then I actually called and talked to him as well. Uh, talked to Jan, uh, you know, periodically just checking in on him. I'm actually going to go see him here hopefully in the next week or two. Um, but with Coach Gus, I remember being a freshman and, uh, Struggling a little bit, you know, as a freshman. And I remember him calling me into his office saying, hey, if you don't quit playing like a freshman, you won't play here. And I go, well, I am a freshman. So <laughs> it was kind of funny. You know, I was like, man, you, know, you wrote, go. That was after a game I pitched. I think I threw – I still threw like seven innings. We gave up a couple runs or whatever. And, and I didn't, we didn't lose. But it was like – or I might have gone over four or three strikeouts or something some, some weird. But anyway, then I go out and run my polls and I'm mad. I'm transferring out of here. I'm, I'm going to go get drafted. I, I hate this, you know. And, but uh, he, he always – Coach Gus motivated in a different way. He he motivated everybody a little bit different. He, he basically told you you couldn't do something to say, well, oh, you think I can't do that? Watch me. I can do that. And, and I think that's right. – and, and it worked out well for me, and I think it worked out well for a lot of people. But he motivated basically telling you you couldn't do something to for you to turn around and say, well, yes, I can. Watch this. You know what I mean? And I think that's a uh, a testament to him and obviously his longevity and – and how many times going to Omaha and winning national championships and, and having, you know, umpteenth, you know, hundreds of big leaguers and uh, just just a phenomenal man. I've, and I've stayed in touch with him for, throughout the years. I mean, it's going on 30 years, 30-plus uh, years of knowing him and love the guy more than anything in the world and would do anything for him. And I know he'd do anything for me. And, and that's just the relationship we had. And it was a special one, you know. Um just, you know, I always remember him, you know, I'll tell you one more story in the regionals. I'd thrown uh, nine innings against uh, a Long Beach State and threw like 100, I don't know, 140 pitches, something like that. And, and I come in the next day, we're playing VCU to go to Omaha. And he goes, can you throw today? And I said, I got one inning for you. I'll throw one for you. So Doug Pettit's got like a three-hit shutout through six innings, and he tells, he tells me to go get loose. I go, well, all right. So I go down there. Doug Pettit goes three up, three down in the seventh. He throws me in in the eighth inning. I give up uh, uh, three runs or four runs. They were winning two to nothing. I give up four runs. We lose four to two. And I give up four in the ninth. And I go, I told you I had one inning. <laughs> <laughs> and he put me up for a second one. So we lost that game. We came back one and went to Omaha. But I was like, I told you I had one. <laughs> that was kind of funny. And that's cool, that's too, fine. because I, I talked to uh, – Kirk Dressendorfer the other day and during my recruiting he was on the mound a bunch when I would come in town because obviously when Kirk pitches a lot of people are, are here and I believe you were actually with me in one of these where Kirk had thrown 
150 pitches also, but he, the next day he went and told Coach Gus, I got some more innings for you if we need it because yep. he wanted to go to Omaha so bad. And That's I right. stories like that about a bunch of you guys that ended up coming here and being great pitchers. Roger Clemens has talked about it. Greg Slendell has talked about it. I mean, is that just that tenacity and that 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 instinct and gut inside of you that says, if my team needs me, hop on my back and let's ride? I think a little bit of that, but a lot of it is too. You, you would run through a wall for Coach Gus. He makes you want to run through a wall for him and and uh, do anything we can to win and 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 go to the next level. Go to go to the regionals. Go to the super. Well, we didn't have super regionals back then, but and, and get to Omaha. Anything it took to get to Omaha, anybody was willing to do. And he made you feel that way. He made you feel like you could run through a brick wall, and, and you wanted to do it for him. Um, that's just the way he was, and that's the amount of respect he he garnered and and deserved. Brooks, we mentioned Omaha two or three times, and um, obviously that is the foundation or when people think of Omaha, they think of Texas. And you you got to experience it twice at old Rosenblatt Stadium. And, and I, I tell a lot of people, I've only been there twice to Rosenblatt, but I haven't been – well, I've been to TD – was it TD Ameritrade? I've uh, been there once. Yeah. It's just, to me, the, the, the whole event is amazing. I, nothing compares to it, but your experiences at Rosenblatt, mine, are, are they comparable? Like you, it's just an entirely different environment. I mean, the whole neighborhood, the city comes out, they host you, uh, the parties are off the chain. Um, there's something about it when you walk on into that old Rosenblatt and you smell that grass, it, it for you as a player, did you just feel like that energy and you elevated your game because you are on that stage, so to speak, when you were at the black? Well, you know, so growing up, all of us growing up, when you watch college baseball and you watch the World Series, it was Rosenblatt. And that's all you dreamed about doing was going to play Rosenblatt. I never dreamed of going to play at TD Ameritrade. You know what I mean? I, I, did, I just didn't. And I guarantee you, it, it's the kids maybe they're playing now Still, some of those guys have watched Rosenblatt that are playing. I, I think they are. I mean, maybe they're you know quite quite a bit younger. But I, I was, and maybe I'm just old school. But I was very very upset when they decided to build a whole new stadium and move the College World Series from Rosenblatt. It, it is historic. That'd be like tearing down Wrigley Field and building one of these new fields. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they're great. They're awesome. They're beautiful. The, the accommodations are amazing. But dude, it's Wrigley Field. That's the way I felt like Rosenblatt. It's Rosenblatt Stadium, man. And that's the stadium, too. Depending on the wind, depending on the weather, whatever it was, anybody could leave that ballpark and win a game for you, i.e. Warren Morris. I, you know, all these, these stories you hear of guys never hitting home runs, but all of a sudden hitting one a game winner in the College World Series. You're not doing that at TD Ameritrade. you got to absolutely pound the baseball to get it out of that ballpark. And it's just I, – I, I think – I'm not going to say it's taken away, but for me, it, it, I feel like it has because I'm, I'm an old school guy that, that loved Rosenblatt Stadium and, and loved the College World Series being there. I still think it's an amazing event to get to, obviously. And if I was coaching or, or my kid was playing, I'd want them to get to TD Ameritrade now. But for me, Rosenblatt Stadium is still College World Series for me. Yeah, and, that, and that's funny that you say that because Sean brought up a great point and a great question talking about the atmosphere when you walk in there and the fact that when you come to the University of Texas, because of its rich tradition of going to Omaha, 
that's what attracts kids to those types of universities. When you look back on it, and obviously you've had some time to reflect and you've won all the national awards and you've done some unbelievable things in your life. It's really true that when you come to Texas or maybe I should rephrase that, is it true that when you come to the University of Texas and you get a chance to do the things that you've done, is that the most rewarding part of it? We know about your kids, we know about your big league career, but I'm talking about being at the University of Texas and the way that people look at Brooks Kieschnick when he comes back or you being a part of that. Is that like the ultimate feeling? Well, I tell you one thing right now, I would trade every single award, Dick Hauser's Player of the Year's, Southwest Conference, all that stuff for one national championship. I would do that right now, bar none take them all away if I could have won one national championship there. But yes, that, that is how you, that is how you um, measure yourself when you go to the university of Texas. Yes. Going to a Rosenblatt's awesome. That's a, that's a small measure, but you measure yourself by how many national championships you won or if you won one while you were there, because in all honesty for, I guess, you know, for coach Gus's tenure there, every recruiting class at least went once. If I'm correct, I think that's – I might be wrong, but I think pretty much uh, throughout those 27, 28 years or whatever, he was, you know, that he was there, I think every recruiting class at least got to go one or two times to Omaha. And like I said, I would trade it all all those individual awards for one national championship, man. That, that is something special that nobody can ever take away from. I'm not going to lie, I was jealous as hell when I kept watching. I was like, that's my class. That's my class. No, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Coach, got something? Yeah. Coach Mo, what a lot of people don't know, he's a big baseball guy. Yeah, I love baseball too. Play baseball also. Um, I, I tell you what, though, man, the stories that I hear about Coach Gus is very impressive how you know, people run through a wall for him. I, you know, I wish I had the opportunity to get to, to get to meet him and hopefully get to meet him one day here soon. But, it, you know, I got a chance to meet uh, Coach um, uh, Coach Royal. Uh, and that dude there also was just amazing. <laughs> amazing. I was like, even being an Aggie fan, I just admire the fact that, you know, what they brought to the table to the University of Texas was something that can't be replaced. Like, you know, they try to bring in other coaches that just can't fit the magnitude of those coaches. Like they're considered like pioneers of the programs and, you know, strong pillars of the success of all of UT sports. So, you know, my hat goes off to them and, you know, I'm envy of you guys to have the envy of you have an opportunity to plan for them and being such on a program that created some studs, but you know, that's amazing, man. Absolutely. Truly amazing. Thanks. So, Coach Mo, are you saying that Tom Herman was was not that guy? Fuck no. Tom <laughs> Herman was not that guy. I told you all that day one, he was not that guy. <laughs> Look, okay, Coach Gus is like a Coach Darrell Royal and the Mac Brown. Man, they are like – these guys are like, you know, almost politicians, man. Like, they know how right. to move through water and not get wet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Herman, Brooks, drowning. drowning They're just icons. You're exactly right, though. They're just – they, they, they're 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 gods in the university. They really are, and yeah. and, and they, they 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 did build it. Mo, you're exactly right. I mean, when you think of Texas football, you think of Daryl Royal. You, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah. If you think of Texas yeah. baseball, you think of Coach Gus, and you think of Augie Grito. I mean, he, he, yeah, so yeah only, Grito only, only way to replace the legend is uh, only way to replace the legend is with the legend, and they did that in baseball with Augie. Yeah, and uh, 
it, it's just that now when you go, you know, kind of go with the younger guys, it's going to take them a while, but you'll never have another Daryl Royal. You just won't. I mean, it just as much as you would wish and hope and, and pray for it, you're, it's just it's never going to happen. Well, baseball is forever a part of your life and uh, will always be. And now you're the company that you are running right now, that CEO of it, it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Medical device distribution is that correct. What up? How did, how, what, what, how did, what was the genesis of that idea? Because I know right now, <laughs> myself being in pharmaceutical sales, I'm looking at ways to be more efficient with ideas. Like maybe that's what how you came up with that idea. So basically, the idea came to me. I was at the tail end of my career, and, and a real dear friend of ours was in that that business and said, "Hey, we're looking for somebody. You ought to come interview." And uh, I did, and kind of find just like, you know what screw it. I'm out. You know, I'm about to have another kid. I already missed, you know, a little bit of my son's life, but I don't want to miss any of my daughters. And, and, uh, so I chose family over, you know, playing a little bit longer, you know what I mean? And, uh, I wouldn't change it for, for, for anything, but, and that's how I got into it is, you know, I got into spine cells, you know, selling spine implants, you know, rod screws, antibodies, you know, uh, biologics for the spine. And it's been very good, you know, very good for me for the last 15 years. And, um, so probably about 10 years in, you know, or five years in, you know, I decided to need to go out on my own and be a distributor. And that's, that's, you know, kind of what I do. I, I distribute other big companies, but I'm my own company and I have reps that work for me and, and just kind of go from there. If, if you hire an, um, you know, no, I'll just well, maybe, maybe my, maybe I'm not breaking up so much right now and you can get some custom swag done then Brooks. <laughs> Well, I did. I did buy a little ranchette, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna need some. I'm gonna need some gear for my ranch for sure. You know, you I heard you. Yeah, I got a good sales director. I think. Uh, I think you might. Uh, I'll send my sales director your way. He's pretty good at reaching out to uh, some good people. So we'll see what we can get done. <laughs> now we've we've mentioned uh, Brooks's family quite a bit because that's uh, significant. What defines you as being a father, a husband, and I know how it feels to uh, lose a parent and I lost my father at a younger age and you recently lost your mother. And I think one of the pictures everyone can see is one with you with uh, Django Walker, the son of the late Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, he wrote a song or composed a song about your mom. Um, can you give us an idea of how powerful those lyrics were, the song itself after she passed? Yeah, I'll give you a little backstory real quick. So this is on a Thursday. Uh, Thursday, and she passed away on Monday. So Thursday, we're driving home. <clears throat> Actually, I'm sorry, Friday, we're driving home just to go drop my Danielle off, and I'm turning around and coming right back to go be with my mom. But anyway, I said, man, I wonder if Django – I was talking to Danielle, and I said, hey, I wonder if Django would write a song. I said, I'm, I'm going to text him. So I said, hey, Django, um, dude, but you know, my mom's sick, you know – what do you think about writing a song for? He's like, man, it's really hard, you know, but I, I, I'll just see what comes out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I said, dude, I'll just, and he goes, just give me some information about it. I said, absolutely. And he goes, I go, I wouldn't have it any other way, Django. I wouldn't, you know, just whatever comes out. So about 30 minutes later, he, he calls us back and he's on speaker in the car and he sings the chorus to us. And I go, Oh my God, there's no way he'd never met her before. And I go, you, you've captured my mom in that chorus. Wow. So, so that was on Friday afternoon, Friday night. He calls me about 10 30. I give him some more information about my mom. 
and uh, tell her what she likes and all this kind of stuff. By Saturday around noon, he's got a song written for her, and she actually got to hear it before she passed. So it was, it was pretty amazing. He's super That's talented, awesome. uh, unbelievable songwriter, unbelievable person, one of my best friends. And uh, for him to do that within less than 36 hours uh, to get that song written, um, what happened there? No, he's still there. Okay. Uh, and to get that done and for my mom to be able to hear it, and we played it at her uh, celebration of life, and people were just floored at how amazing they ca he captured my mom and how beautiful the song is. Oh, that's great, man. I'm, and that's that awesome. that means that means more that she she got to hear it. I mean, I, that's yeah, about time. That's talent right there to be able to to do that. And I'm glad that she was able to hear that, man. That is a great story. That's awesome. Now you're at you're at a golf course, and all of us will be following the Masters. Um, you have maybe your top three. Are you in a master's pool by any chance? Well, we're doing a Calcutta tonight. Um, I'm doing a Calcutta at two different country clubs tonight. But uh, we have uh, we have this one little pool we do where we pick one golfer a week and you can only choose him once. And I, we went with DeChambeau this week. I think he's going to – if he can just keep that thing in, on the golf course, he's hit it so freaking long right now that he can overpower that golf course. Come on, Jordan Spieth. I got yeah. him at a good, good uh, odds before he won that tournament last weekend. So, come on, awesome. baby. Let's go I, back I, and I, back. Trust me, I would love for him to win it, too. Yeah. 100%. Hell, I, I'd take Scotty Scheffler. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of UT boys up right now. Vitelli. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Used to be full of OSU Cowboys, and now the Texas Longhorn golf team is – Oh, hey. Say hi to Brooks. Hey. 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 How's it going? I said, hey, don't show hey. me a postpartum, and I'm not on Megabond. So, fun story, <laughs> Brooks, uh, Brooks and Sarah used to work together at Home Plate Peanut Butter a few years ago. That's how I actually met Brooks. So, um, pretty cool little uh, connection. The honey peanut butter is still good. I don't I don't know what's going on much anymore. It doesn't work there. I, I don't either. <laughs> Fuck them. As long as they don't ask me for any money. <laughs> yeah, as long as they don't ask for any money, right? So like, right. Don't say that. We still eat their peanut butter. <laughs> oh, I eat it too. But I eat it too. But I just, as long, like I said, if I can get away without having to uh, fork over any more money and somehow get my money back, I'd be really tickled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brooks, this is uh, it's been another legendary first segment, and how we like to honor our VIP guest is uh, with the man cave story. Maybe relay a story that maybe you have kept secret for a while. Or you love enjoying telling people that uh, provides a ton of laughter. <laughs> well, oh uh, man, with kids, it's really hard. If I was single and without kids, I could tell you a bunch of stories. <laughs> but, uh, man, a man cave story. Uh, can we just have some beers over? You know, we'll have beers in Austin. I can tell you a bunch of Oh, we, yeah. We, Indeed, I'm yes. all about that. Like, just, we'll that. just host some. I've heard some, and, like, we'll, we'll go with some more. So, we'll uh, we'll chat. Well, Brooks, it is, uh, it's been an honor. Of course, we need to, to be continued on that man cave story when we all get together. And for you guys listening, if you're really not sure, you probably heard of Brooks Kieschnick. But uh, this guy is a true Longhorn legend an inspiration to young and upcoming baseball players. And he's got his name permanently etched at Dishfalk Field, retired number 23, that other 23, MJ. And then as hard as pointing to, which Big Mike made this hat. He did. Legends hat. And I saw your son wearing it too in those pictures as yes, well. Sir. 
Hey, we appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Glad to do it, fellas. And hey, man, let's uh, let's uh, get that on the books. Let's go have some cocktails and we'll swap some stories. That's what's oh, happy hour, man. Indeed, I'm bro. all about the happy hours. No cell phones allowed. That's right. No, no social no, media. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> hey, Brooks, appreciate it. We will wrap up episode 67 on the other side of this break. ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease affects over 15,000 Americans. A friend of and former guest of Stories Inside the Man Cave podcast, Bob Ballou, continues to do his best to find a cure for this nasty disease. The sports director of KI or CBS Austin will host his annual Under Blue Skies Golf Classic and party, benefiting the ALS Association of Texas on May 14th. To sponsor this wonderful event or register your golf teams to participate in a round of golf at Avery Ranch Golf Club on May 14th, log on to ALSTexas.org or contact Michelle Miller by email. That's Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E at ALSTexas.org. Following the Under Blue Skies Golf Classic on May 14th will be a virtual party with a purpose. Let's all join arms and contribute to the Under Blue Skies Golf Event and Virtual Party and conquer ALS. All right, Bruce Kieschnick, Longhorn legend, fabulous interview, and a man cave story to be continued off the record of course we all have those fun guy uh speaking of college baseball fellas hardball hearts big mike uh i guess i'm guessing this would be a good idea uh college baseball trying to stick with the bubble theme they're going to have predetermined regional and super regional sites after schools make bids for those what are, what are your thoughts about that they i fucking can't stand the ncaa i really can't it's a it's a complete and utter joke uh, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be the teams like Texas, which I'm fine with, by the way, and all these other ones that are going to bid a ton of fucking money. And they're going to be like, oh, okay, you're the bubble. Like, don't don't act like everybody's got a shot. You know they don't. I'm out on the NCAA. I think they just need to – I think all the big schools – sorry, Arch. Let me – I'm still on my pedestal. Uh, they all need to – just, I just think you take the power – the power, like, 64 or whatever they are, go and just start their own, like – you don't need the why do you, you don't need the NCAA? It's you really coming. don't. You really don't need the NCAA, and the NCAA does not realize that. They think that they're all high and mighty. No, they can leave and go start their own thing and just create a whole new governing system. That's all you are is a governing system. You're not anything. Yeah, change is the only thing that's constant, right? So things yeah. are starting to uh, happen, and you know I talked about this before with you guys when when people started educating themselves and not just going by what people told them, you start finding the loopholes, you start finding right. these opportunities to change. And the NCAA is part of that. The NCAA now is being exposed for exactly what this is. And yeah, the, the, the money from the basketball tournament, and that's what they survive off of, and that's gone. They don't make a lot of money off of the baseball tournaments. For them to be able to do this, this is gonna be like Mike said, the the big schools saying, you know what, 
we're going to form our own power conferences. We're going to start doing our own thing. And then we'll divide the money up amongst each other's because we can get corporate sponsors. The money's going to go where the athletes are. You got name, image, and likeness that is coming around here. The NCAA is going to be passed by with that. As they well. were just in the Supreme Court. Did you see that? Yep. Supreme yep. Court was yeah. drilling them. Right. And they realized that, hey, this is a no-win situation for us. So this is their last chance to act like they got some say when it comes to these tournaments. But coming here in the near future, there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to happen. And to Mike's point, I'm sure that the University of Texas would be a perfect spot for a, a regional or even a super regional. And I want the Longhorns to be participants in it. So yeah. if that happens, that's going to be great for us. It's going to be great for the Austin economy. And let's not get it twisted. The vaccines are here now. The, the, the opportunity for people to get vaccinated is all over the place. Whether you do it or you don't, you do have opportunities to be able to get that. And with that being said, we're going to be closer to doing things normal again here shortly if people take the time to go get vaccinated. And for them to try to create this bubble, I mean, I was talking to a couple people and, you know, obviously Texas had to shut down their football program for a little bit because of the COVID situation, but eventually it's going to be like the flu. It's going yeah. to be, you can go get flu vaccinations. So to Mike's point, the NCAA is grasping for straws right now, and they're trying to take their last breath before everything gets relinquished and they won't have any say at all. Yeah, we're, we're, we're entering, I wouldn't call it a renaissance, but a significant change in major college athletics is, uh, I don't know why so many uh, let's say some of these FB, FCS programs are having aspirations to become FBS because, as Big Mike said, the 63, 64, 65 uh, Power 5 programs will, I hate to use the word secede, but they will and create their own governing body of each other just through uh, as far as revenue. And speaking of constant change, and you said the Texas Longhorn football program, obviously spring football underway for – Steve Sarkeesian. Here's what Roshan Johnson, the former quarterback turned incredible running back, had to say about the offense so far that they're learning from Steve Sarkeesian. I would just say there's a lot of uh, different different aspects of the playbook that you, that he can take advantage of as far as motions, getting certain matchups. Uh, if you look back at Alabama and when he what he had over there with uh, Devontae, and all the rep, all the weapons that he had with Devontae, Najee, and uh, uh, Waddle, all, all those guys. Like he just he finds ways to get matchups and to just get those guys in open space where they can be special on their own. So, like I said, with this offense, he he Coach Sark really does a great job of taking advantage of, of of those types of situations where guys can really just utilize their talents and be special. All right, Roshan, bright young man. He he knows about change all too well. Fellas, he, he said it best. You know, the offense is utilizing the talents and putting them in position. Uh, I know we've heard that many times, but I, I have to believe them. And the quarterback's also going under center at times in this offense. What do you guys think? I know it's just early in implementation of the offense. I'm all for it. Go ahead, Arch. I'm Go all ahead. for it. I'm all for the activity. I'm all for the up and coming. I'm all for the constant moving. I'm all for the excitement. He also said that this is their practice with a purpose. And that I don't know if that was a jab or if that was just 
hey, this a is factual statement. It's just, you know, now we're doing things a little bit different. I think a lot of that has to do with the energy that is being provided. We all know in the very beginning of any coaching change, everyone's excited. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is new. This is new. This, let's just wait and see until we get on the football field. And what I mean by that is the first game against ULL, who is a damn good, tough team, and they will be yeah. ranked in the they'll be ranked in the top twenty-five at the beginning of the year. So Texas is going to have a challenge right off the bat. But I do like the fact of of some of the things that we're hearing from the camp. Uh, the one question that I do have, and and we'll get into this, I'm sure, at a later date. Can y'all explain to me why Hudson Card is getting so much love this far? Because you are such a hater. I, I'm not. He's one of. He was one of my top recruits. Right. I said he yeah. is going to play quarterback. Me and Chip Brown were going back and forth. I said he will be a quarterback at the University of Texas, and he will get to play. But my hate haterism is like, there's a line here, man. Casey Thompson's shown us something. Casey has put. He's put some time in, and I know that they're going 50 50, but I think it should be 70 30 in the very beginning. I don't think it should be 50-50, but it is a new staff and he's got to get some new eyes on him because I'm going to tell you this, if Casey Thompson is not in the mix for the starting quarterback, Casey oh, Thompson out. will not be at University of Texas. He's no, he'll transfer out in a heartbeat. You'll have, you'll have uh, who is it, Charlie Wright yep. and uh, Hudson Card. Here's my thing is like, I think a lot of people are, are mentioning Hudson Card and they're not mentioning Casey as much because everybody saw what Casey was doing uh, in the Alamo Bowl last year in the bowl game. Uh, if it's 50-50 and, and Casey and even Sark saying, like, they're dead even right now, right? Like, it's, they're, not, they're not really saying it's Hudson's job. But if it is, man, what does that tell you? If Casey looked that good in the bowl game and Hudson is actually getting playing time and, and is maybe he's picking up the system, who knows? But shit's not going to get decided until after after the first game. They'll probably both play in the first game. It's going to be one of these, you know, uh, Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence type things, which don't – please nobody tell me – don't come at me and say that I'm saying they're at the same level because I know they're not. I'm just using it as an example or like a Tua, like a Tua uh, Jalen type situation. And, and yeah, in, in Bama. Like back in the days, like Chance Mark, Vince Young type stuff, right? Like Vince didn't come out and start day one, Chance Mark had it. And then Vince came in and then he took over. So just give it time. I will tell you this, man. Every time you watch one of these videos of them interviewing the coaches, like they just had Jeff Blanks on. Holy shit. I mean, just that guy alone is like, I mean, they're just passionate, dude. Like, you remember Speaking when Herman got saw all gas, no brakes hats on there? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to self plug. That I did it for you, dog. Let's go. Yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, I'll tell you some stuff off the record here in a little bit, but um, yeah, man, it's uh pretty dope to see our uh, see the hats growing. But we're not talking about that right now. Uh, this staff is just. I'm telling you, man. When Herman got here, it was. Oh, we've got some athletes, but they're not very good. They're fat. Jordan Elliott transferred 11 times, da 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 and decommitted, committed, and, you know, we're, we're okay, but we're not great. You know, sit, you know, put your, you know, shut the fuck up and sit up and all. Yeah. get out of here, man. No one's, you're not hearing that from Sark. Right. You're hearing. He's talking about you're, football. He's talking about football. 
kids are sticking around. Like they're going around the offices into the coach's office. Like, Hey, what's up coach? This and that you got all the former players coming in. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Can't wait for the spring game to happen in a few weeks. Uh, gonna be sick. And also man, Chris Beard, I tell you what, I bet you we don't have to have a conversation about how the offense is running <laughs> or how to break a fucking full court press. Cause guess what? We're going to, Oh man. He's our, he's the guys. He has two D1 coaches who have left the UT Arlington and U, uh, University yeah. of Texas El Paso. Uh, or UT, it was UTSA, right? UT, um, UTEP and uh, UTA. Former, UTEP, yeah. Former Longhorn, too, one of them. Yeah, and, and he coached at Fresno State for like seven years. Yeah. Boy, I tell you what, they're, they're dishing out money and they're ready to win, dude. He's uh, these you are know, CDC's guys, and there's a ton of momentum. Chris Beard is no nonsense, but he knows how to communicate. He knows how to coach, and it's not just, I, to in my opinion, about him. I don't think it's all about his past experience here. Of course, he's passionate about Texas. It's just he has that it factor, and he he knows how to communicate. He knows how to build a program. Of course, there's going to be some transfers coming in. That's what I mean by that. And who knows? He, and going out, shit. Yeah. I mean, I still feel good that he'll have a contending team. Let's say they lose seven total guys and turn this roster over. I still feel like he'll develop a team, a program. Well, I, I bet you're going to have at least two or three guys come from Tech alone. Yeah. Uh, come on, Mac. Mac McClung. Come wear, come wear number two and burn orange, man, or number zero and burn orange. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Well, you got you got Keppa who just entered in the transfer portal. You lost Ham. You lost uh, Donovan Williams. I mean, Brock Cunningham is in. So I mean, you at least got a defensive stud that can play ball on D. That's a um, weird guy, and he actually likes Brock Cunningham. I mean, you saw that a bunch every time. He's like, I would love to coach that guy someday. Yeah, him and Matt Coleman. Him. He loves yeah. he loves Matt Coleman too. So. I think that's good. And then I, I, my question to you guys is, do you think he's going to – is he going to be a Bill Self, Roy Williams, Coach K, uh, you know, uh, um, what's his name? In, what's his name in Kentucky? Does he – no, no, no. My question is, can he get the five-star recruits? Can he get five, six, seven, five-star recruits coming to Texas now? Because he's at Texas, not Texas Tech. Also, uh, those fans are bitter. They're bitter. As they should, they should. I mean, for uh, if you were on that side, we would probably think the same way. Uh, I, I just don't harge. I mean, of course, he'll be able to get the five star recruits. I just don't think he's going to go after the one and done types. I, uh, I think a, as many better. I think I think he. I think he will go after those types. I mean, that's why you bring in a Chris Ogden and you bring in a Rodney Terry to be able to go and recruit. Um, but you also have to look at this. Like he said at his opening press conference, I, I want those kids, but they got to have something in them, right? Special. You got to want to be able to, you want to be able to go and be able to coach them hard. So if he can do that, absolutely. Look, Shaka brought one of those to the University of Texas. Constantly. And, and, and that may be because of Shaka, maybe because of the city of Austin, but I would, I would, if my son is a five-star and I had a chance to come to Austin, Texas and play some basketball, be in a new arena, do some things with coach Beard. And like he said, you may not be, or you may be a one and done, but I'm going to bring everything out of you. 
and get you that opportunity to be the best that you could possibly be. And I mean, if, if we're judging press conferences and what we heard in the press conference, he won by far. He won 100%. the press conference. And, and I mean, when my man said his ADD was kicking in because he was thinking about the recruits and things that he needed to do, I thought of Mike. I thought of, I thought uh-huh. of that boy. I thought my man was going to – I said, damn, that sounded like Mike talking to me. <laughs> I got so much ADD's to do, real. man, but I got to do this. But but he was yeah. honest about it all. And yeah. I was I was cool with it. So to answer your question, yes, he can get someone that does to come to the University of Texas. I, I think he'll go after – like. I'm not saying that he won't get or won't go after them. I think it's going to take a guy that uh, one and done that will work. That's not here just to try to elevate his NBA stock. He's going to have to buy in and, and be a special type. Um, and especially now that we have a national champion, a hundred miles up the road and who won in the most dominating fashion that I've seen that I can't recall a national champion winning a national championship game in that fashion. I mean, they beat me. boys down. Yeah. They were, they were, they were quite impressive, man. They were very, very impressive. And, uh, you know, when you look at what Scott Drew has built at the, at Baylor University, coming from the ashes, so to speak, uh, I know a lot of people hate Baylor. They don't like him. They don't like Baylor, period. They hate Waco. Um, and Sean, I hate Waco. Waco. You were already in Waco, but you, you sit there and you look at this program and go back to it. They are unbelievable with the things that they've done in that spot and the athletes that they recruit there. And it was well-deserving. I mean, they, we, we were robbed of that game earlier this year of Gonzaga uh. and Baylor because of COVID, and, and Baylor went through their COVID swing. But you got to tell me, man, I saw a tweet go out from Mike Golick Jr. and said, Spokane is nice, but Baylor lifts with the football team. You know, no, it was like they're like we score a lot of points, and then it, it was Baylor's like we live with the football team. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite evident. Yeah, quite yeah. evident. That too, man. That too, and you gotta think. I, I read something that's like starting point guard came off the bench at Auburn. Uh, that starting center came off the bench at UNLV. Another kid like transferred in from some tiny school. Like he gets those transfers, man, and he just. You know, he's always done it. He just, yeah. I mean, they waxed their ass, man. It was plus 170 for yeah. Baylor to win outright. I mean, my gosh, dude. They, they, I do, I'm I'm not a Baylor fan uh, until we start making their hats. And then, hey, what's up, guys at Baylor? <laughs> um, but, sick them bears. Sick them bears. Sick them bears. Hey, hey, them bears, sick them. Oh god. Yeah. Hey, by um, the way, go ahead, Big Mike. No, nah, I was just gonna say, I think I think they're doing pretty well. Congrats to them on winning. Um, but yeah, whatever. Also, shout out to Big Shaper, man. Dude, yeah. uh, dude took a team to the Elite Eight and he just lost. I'm really surprised that he got that Celeste transferred. Um, I I know she's homesick, but I I think that's a good thing showing. I mean, he just got a five star coming that he recruited from Mississippi State to come to Texas. So uh, I think, I think, man, it, for the first time, I'm really curious to see how football goes. But for the first time, I really feel like we've got, we're back to like the major sports women's basketball, tennis, football, baseball, baseball, 
uh, basketball are gonna are gonna be pretty decent. I think we're gonna be pretty decent. Where you're actually like, all right, cool, we got a shot in each one every year. You know what I mean? Hey, there's a vibe. I mean, I I know I'm not the only one. I can feel it. That vibe is starting to build and grow. And you know, Austin, we don't need to know about the vibe in your pants, bro. Get it together, man. Hey, the zipper is up. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, before, before we move on, Whoa. how do I transition from that? But uh, yeah, Tinder uh, times. Sean, tinder what's time. going on, man? Tinder time. And now we're in Tinder time. Do, 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 do. Tinder time. Tinder time with Sean. Oh, we got it. All right. Where are we at, Sean? How are we doing? How's Tinder time? How is dating life? in the post-pandemic world, but still a pandemic, but not a pandemic. There's some consistency brewing, and uh, there's a – there is a uh, – Harge actually met her. I'm sorry, what? I did. By accident. Did you, have to, did you have to blow her up, or did Sean already have it blown up? <laughs> he goes – he said, is this your boo? <laughs> is this your <laughs> Sean's over here moving the mouse? He's moving the mouse. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. Document what am I a part of right now. <laughs> you say hey, what? What am I a part of? Yeah, exactly. No, this is just this is uh, Tinder time, man. You gotta you gotta ask these questions when you. That's gotta be something you put on Tinder, man. Like, da, 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 are you vaccinated? Yes you or have no? to. You have to. Yeah. Uh, okay, and that's been it for Sean. Take time with Sean. Hey, before we talk about uh, anything Masters and speech related, before we uh, wrap things up, our bracket challenge winner, Quattro Gross. He's the father of the OU quarterback from Austin Anderson High School. He, I thought, I he thought, won. I huh? Then that kid used to work out with Mo. Yeah, still does. I think. Yeah. He okay. uh. Coach, uh, I thought Harge was going to run away with it, and then uh, he so did Harge. Yeah, yeah. Well, until so until Gonzaga, Gonzaga took lost. one to the chin. I did too. No. Uh, so the Masters, the day of this recording, my favorite part, the three uh, par three contest. Uh, Spieth, he has twelve tour wins before the age of twenty eight, and that's a uh, an elite crew. I, I'm I'm going to say he's going to be right there, headed into Sunday. But my question to you guys is, uh, you know, Tuesday night of Masters Week is the champion's dinner. Dustin Johnson, listen to this, his appetizer. Pigs in a blanket, garden salad or Caesar salad. The entree was a prime filet mignon or miso marinated sea bass. And the dessert, peach cobbler and apple pie with vanilla ice cream. What would be your champion's dinner, Big Mike? Meatloaf, mashed potatoes, and green peas my birthday meal every 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 year that sounds meatloaf you got to put ketchup on it and you got it here's the deal you got to cook it with ketchup on top and let it crust and get a little hard yeah you put like a man and then the best part about that is when you're done then you make a mayonnaise sandwich you get mayonnaise texas toast a little meatloaf on there throw like some cheddar cheese that melt watts heating up oh my lord and then uh and then you know you just get a little pint of cookie dough go to dairy queen get you one of the little cookie dough oreo blizzards um yeah daddy like daddy like that's uh that's that sounds appetizing hard what would you select for a champion that sounds appetizing you want to work you're gonna make them work 
I'm just kidding. The question is, do you suck the head? Would you suck the head? (laughs) Hey, it is sucking head season. I mean, y'all can have all that information for yourself. Yeah, I do. Nah, I'm Uh, saying like, I said, yeah, I do. I said, yes, I I do. I suck the head. I pop it off and suck the head. I don't know about Clinch is talking about sucking season, but. Hey. uh, So my 2021, man, we are an all-inclusive podcast. My entree would be obviously steak. We would have, yeah, Sean, that's terrible. That's, uh, <laughs> never let them see you sweat, bro. <laughs> oh, obviously, man. we would have steak for dinner. Yeah. Okay. And then we would have macaroni and cheese. We'd have a green, green bean casserole. Mm. And then my aunt's banana pudding and my mom's. Um, she makes this little chew thing. It's called something else, but I can't use it because it's not uh, politically correct what it's called. And we used to have it at school. And I can't, she, I can't wait to hear. Is it the Oreo thing? Is that that Oreo? Like, no, no, remember no. that? Remember what all the moms used to make that whipped cream Oreo? Better than sex uh, cake. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we would also, for appetizers, we would have stuffed jalapenos Ooh. okay oh i forgot the apps yeah 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 so we'll be good to go with all that stuff okay sean what's your meal you know appetizer i love jalapeno poppers when you get the you got the uh, piggyback off a hard. You got to come with your own stuff no jalapeno poppers wrapping them up with what'd you say oh oh well i i choose the dove bacon the dove bacon yeah, there get you, you some dub bacon, gang. And we definitely would have deviled eggs. Oh, you gotta have that little, that sprinkle on top. You can't, you know what I'm saying? So we just what's that called? My, my, uh, paprika. Yeah. Yeah, paprika. So my wife just made stuffed, not stuffed, but uh, deviled eggs with shrimp and bacon. Ooh. In it? Yes. No. Did she dice it up? Slap some. No, Make, we, had a, we had the whole shrimp so good, make you slap your mama. <laughs> yeah, she got a little something, something. I like that, man. I I would go for. I got to go two different entrees because I, I love Cajun food. Um, obviously, uh, prime rib for those who don't like Cajun food. But uh, when you go and if you have someone to truly make and know what they're doing, crawfish etouffee. Oh yeah, slap. Uh, with you know the blackened pepper on on the black pepper on um, the shrimp, it, it, when you when you saute that before you put that in the crawfish etouffee, it's amazing. I have yet to master it. I've never been consistent. Dessert. There's this mom. My mom. I get two desserts. My mom made these things it's called chipperu bars. Oh my! It's you make a, it's whatever she makes. I can eat a whole setting in one day. Um. But we got to go with the red velvet cake for the other folks who don't like those chipperoo. But so transition that, man, we got to end on a good notes. Let's bring in Harge's son. Hey, Ben, tell me something good. Tell me something good. All right, gentlemen, nothing like uh, Hardball Jr. Transition to the best segment of the second segment. Uh, Tell me something good, fellas. There's a lot of things positive brewing amongst all the negativity. Hardball hard, since uh, just follow up since you follow up your, with your son right here. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I'm going to tell y'all something good this week. 
I got a chance to go up to Arlington for baseball. And let me just tell you, this two good and a bad. Had a great couple days up there and got a chance to see the new ballpark. It's outstanding. I'll tell you something bad. People wear your damn mask when you're out there, bro. Cause I'm like, I walk around at Texas Live and I'm trying to figure out why the hell aren't these people wearing masks? And I know, I don't, I, you can't tell me everybody in that dumb, that damn place was uh, vaccinated. vaccinated. No so I, way. I'm not rolling with that. So I kind of was away from that. But um, I, I enjoyed my time up there and it was a really, really good time. And my last thing that's something good is, I know people aren't gonna believe this, but Baylor basketball is damn good. Congratulations on that championship. A good friend of mine was a former Baylor player, Royce O'Neal, he plays for the Utah Jazz right now. I grew up with his mother. We still are in contact. And uh, I'm so impressed with the way that Scott Drew has built that program. Don't forget, this program was left for dead. They literally, they had a literally, literally the death penalty. And the coach, on the and the coach and the coach swept it under the rug, and then Scott Drew to come in to be able to turn that program around, to be right there with as much as everyone hates or Kim Mulkey to win national championships. And if you go back to earlier this year, Kim Mulkey mentioned, I hope that Scott Drew for all the things that he's done for this university, gets a chance to play for a national championship so he can have a banner up there. And now he does. So congratulations to the Baylor Bears. Absolutely. Big Mike. Kim's a little, Kim's a little crazy. So I'm just going <laughs> to call that out there as well. She's a little out there, but you know, congrats to Scott Drew. Uh, something good. Obviously my son is two weeks old. He's doing great. Yes, Mom's sir. doing great. Little Asher William, uh, excited about that. Um, We've got some awesome new designs and styles of hats coming out. And yeah, uh, I can't really announce it yet, but there is, ask me some good news in like, like three weeks, two weeks, two weeks. Then I can tell you the, the, the super cool, super cool news, but yeah, yeah. I think I have an idea, but we're not even going to question it. But I, I think that, that would be outstanding that'd be amazing yeah tell yeah. me something good on my side guys i i love masters week like so many people do um especially with all the different ch sub channels giving you all different types of angles it's almost as as better as being there as far as the views that you may not have if you are at augusta national i have not won the lottery yet to win tickets i've tried for eight straight eight straight years in which we've had it but the part three contest on on a Wednesdays, amazing in Augusta. But this is one of those weeks you just get to uh, really appreciate the beauty of the game at a beautiful venue. And lastly, our episode 64 guest, our, our friend, uh, Dr. Katie Russell. Her book is now on the stands across the country. And she has appeared on uh, multiple podcasts after uh, she was on with us. She is getting the it's, it's amazing. You put good things out of the universe, good things happen, man. You work hard, you believe in yourself, and you believe things will happen, they will. And that's a good example of that. That's my that something, good. something good. That's good. Something bad. That Masters might not be in Georgia anymore. They're already talking. I mean, shit, there's some shit going on. We can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, we didn't even talk about Mr. Watson down there in Houston, them uh, crazy massages. Now, I think some of those, some of those accusations are a little out there, but. Some of them are a little wild, too. Like, man, I get it, man. Sometimes that door closes. You got to be a freak. Just don't just don't have them sign NDAs when they show up and then 
pay them when they leave. That's weird, man. Just, you know, consent. My wife heard that story and she's like, we're teaching our son consent. Even if he wants to kiss our old aunt. I was like, I'm with you, babe. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, and then that whole thing in Georgia, man, that the MLB's uh, all-star game going to Denver, maybe going to Denver. I can't wait to just get out and see you boys. Get out of this house. Get in life. Have a beer. Hardball Hards. We got the all-black Hardball Hards hats getting online this week. Y'all go and purchase some. Check out his podcast. Also something good. Check out Longhorn Blitz. An unsolicited shout-out to the wife and son and last stand hats for a solid three minutes. Thank you, Jeff Howe. Rod Babers and Matt. Uh, I don't know his last name, but uh appreciate you guys. No, it ain't Matt Miller. Matt Miller's NFL draft scout. Yeah. It's like Matt Bomber yeah. or something like that. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, so yeah, no, leave it. <laughs> hey, what's up, Matt Miller? <laughs> uh, hey, NFL and draft scout coming out hot. Yeah. And maybe in the next uh next quarter, we'll have some uh swag from this podcast. Stories inside the man cave. We're working on it. Working on it. For Big Mike, Harbaugh Hards, Coach Mo, and the legends from segment one, the Brooks Kieschnick, we out. Holla at your boy when you see him in the street. You ain't got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Wake your ass up! We good, player.